Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 193. My name's Adam Patterson. Joining me today, as per usual, we have Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing, Kevin? Doing pretty good. This week on the show, we'll be talking about two critically acclaimed foreign films with The Assassin and Mustang. Of course, we'll be going over some of what we've been watching on the watch list, movie predictions, new on video on demand, Blu-ray releases. Kevin. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a great Thanksgiving. You? It was okay. I mainly just watched a lot of movies. There you go. That was pretty much my whole Thanksgiving because my girlfriend went to Florida and I did not go to Florida. So pretty much just stayed in the city and watched some movies. How about that? It was good. Good times. I had a good time. Let's start the show off with some news. I don't have a lot to talk about today. Not a whole lot of news came out because of the, the holiday. And most of it uh, stuff that I'm not really interested in anyway. But one thing that I am interested in is the Independent Spirit Award nominees were announced for this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did I, you... forgot, to, I forgot to look at those. Damn I, I got to say, I'm pretty impressed with... Uh, with most of the the nominees this year. So I'll quickly go over uh, some of these. I won't list off all of them, but uh, Carol got the most nominations. It had six nominations. Beast of No Nation and Spotlight each tied for second with five nominations each. And Anomalisa and Tangerine each had four nominations. All right. All so right. very, uh, very pleased with all of that stuff. One, uh, one thing to note, heaven knows what. Got nominated for the John Cassavetes Award. Nice. Yeah, very, very uh, happy to see that. So just to go over some of the uh, the key categories here. Best Feature, the nominees are Anomalisa, Beast of No Nation, Carol, Spotlight, and Tangerine. Best Director, we have Kerry Fukunaga for Beast of No Nation, Charlie Kaufman and Duke Johnson for Anomalisa, David Robert Mitchell for It Follows. Sean Baker for Tangerine, Todd Haynes for Carol, and Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. Yeah. Um, right. I haven't That's... seen I haven't seen Anomalisa yet, but I'm sure that I'm sure that I'll love it. It looks amazing, and uh, I have yeah. not seen Carol yet either. But everybody says it's great. So yeah, it seems like everyone loves Carol. Yeah, so I'm really happy with all of that. I was really surprised and pleased to see David Robert Mitchell being nominated for It Follows. I can't really say that I'm disappointed with anything except maybe beast of no nation best director yeah yeah but you're i mean you're not going to be happy with every single nomination that's never going to happen i mean i wouldn't that wouldn't be the one that i would pick but at the same time i am fine with it i mean if if he wins i'll be a little upset but yeah uh so best cinematography Kerry fukunaga for beast of no nation ed latchman for carol Joshua James Richards for Songs My Brother Taught Me. Michael Gulikas for It Follows, which I thought It Follows had fantastic cinematography. So I did like that cinematography and It Follows. There's a, I may have even mentioned this on a previous episode, but there's a video essay that came out a while Ooh. back from, uh, I, I want to say he's an N, he was an NYU student, but it, he, it may have been, uh, he may have been a graduate student somewhere else, but I tried to find it again, and I could not find it. I don't even know how I found it to begin with, but it, he, basically he breaks down 
the cinematography and it follows and it's just it's brilliant just brilliant uh okay. anyway and finally read Murano for Meadowland so okay okay it follows also got uh nominated for best editing too which i i uh liked the editing in that one heaven knows what got nominated for best editing too nice nice uh international film a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence Embrace of the Serpent, Girlhood, Mustang, and Son of Saul. I heard okay. Son of Saul is really good, so I'm I'm excited to see that one. I've heard good things about all those movies. The only two I haven't seen so far is Embrace of the Serpent and Son of Saul. So, yeah, same here. I saw the other the other three. So, Cassavetti's Award uh, nominees: Advantageous, Christmas Again, Heaven Knows What, Krisha, nice. and Out of My Mind. Awesome. I'm sorry, Out of My Hand, not Out of My Mind. <laughs> Christmas again. Christmas again. Yeah, can you believe that? That was uh, quite a surprise to see that one. I'm very happy. I like that movie a lot. We reviewed it on the show a while that's, ago. That's coming out soon, too, isn't it, on Fandor? Yeah. Yep. Nice. I heard good things about Krisha. There was just a new trailer released for that. I, I yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that and um, uh, songs my brothers taught me. Yeah, I wanna, I'd like to see that one, too. So, uh, overall... Very, uh, I guess one thing to note, Katana Kiki Rodriguez got nominated for Best Female Lead in Tangerine, and um, Maya Taylor got nominated for Best Supporting Female for Tangerine. Fantastic. Those are definitely deserving. Yeah. (laughs) I saw that you saw Tangerine this week, so I guess we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about it a little bit. Uh, Richard Jenkins got nominated for Bone Tomahawk. (laughs) Yes, he did. (laughs) And the best. uh, Bone Tomahawk was also nominated for Best Screenplay. You're damn right. I mean, it was a fantastic screenplay. But the fact that it got nominated is what impresses me. The fact that yeah. they noticed that movie. You know, a movie like Bone Tomahawk doesn't typically, even if it's fucking amazing, it typically doesn't get nominated for awards. It's a genre film. Yeah. But the the fact that uh, Film Independent noticed these movies, uh, it's just. It's great. I'm I'm really really happy with all of the nominations this year. Because this is my first time I'm really getting to see these, and there's a lot of good ones in here. Yeah. Yep. So that is the uh, Independent Spirit Awards. The winners will, or the awards themselves, will take place on February 27th at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. So check those out. Uh, next. <laughs> I gotta say that I'm also I'm also happy to see Kevin Corrigan for results. Oh yeah, yeah. support. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's it's like it. that. That's the type of role because we talked about it when we reviewed that one. But it's the type of role that can easily kind of just get lost in the shuffle of like higher profile releases and things. Yeah. So I was just I was so happy to see a lot of these get recognized. I mean, heaven knows what like. I've, and honestly, heaven knows what should it should have gotten more. I agree, but it, like it should like best feature, it should be there in place of Beast of No Nation. I agree, but director, it should be in place of Beast of No Nation. It's a that's a small it's a small film though, and I, I'm just happy that it's on know, there at all. So much buzz. Yeah, at least by me, I've definitely been buzzing it up. Sight and Sound released their top 20 films of 2015. Not sure you had a chance to look at that. I forgot to look at that, too. (laughs) I'm just going to run through them real quick. Uh, Starting with, uh, I'll start with number one, and I'll just read down the list. 
Uh, number one, The Assassin, followed by Carol, followed by Mad Max Fury Road, Arabian okay. Nights, Cemetery of Splendor, No Home Movie, 45 Years, Son of Saul, Amy, Inherent Vice, Anomalisa, It Follows, Phoenix, Girlhood, Hard to Be a God, Inside Out, Tangerine, Taxi, Horse Money, and The Look of Silence. Now, it's a pretty good list. It's a good list. Number 11, so Anomalisa and It Follows tied for 11. Girlhood, Hard to Be a God, Inside Out, Tangerine, and Taxi all tied for 14th place. <laughs> <laughs> and Horse Money and the Look of Silence tied for, uh, for I guess you would say 20th? I don't know. 19th. Yeah, 19th. 19th? Yeah, 19th. They tied for 19th. So, uh, yeah, good list. Glad to see Mad Max up there. I was thinking about Oscar, uh, what, what the Oscar nominees are going to be. And uh, my biggest question mark is whether or not they're going to nominate Mad Max for, for best film. What do you think? I, I have no idea. I don't know. Like, I don't understand the Oscars. My, my first instinct is to say no, they're not going to nominate it. Same and, here. Which, but it'll I think... Get, it'll get those, um, you know, the... Uh, the kind of production yeah. awards that they normally, you know what I mean? Like the special I mean, effects and stuff. I, I, th- I honestly, I, I think it should be nominated. I think that Mad Max, it's still my number one right now of the year. I think it should be nominated. I don't necessarily think that it needs to be nominated for like best actor or anything, but no, I think uh, like cinematography, perhaps best film best director film. i think it could be in contention for all of those things so should be we'll see we'll see what happens i don't think it's going to be i think it depends on how many nominees there are this year if there's 10 i think that it is likely it'll be it'll be on there but they're so weird about it some years it's 9 some years it's like 11 yeah i don't i don't know what to say about that but Going back to this list, yeah, it's a solid list, I think. And some of these I don't agree with, but... Um, no, but not none of them, like, angered me. No, not really. There's a lot of movies on there that I'm dying to see. Yeah. Uh, Carol, Arabian Nights, Cemetery of Splendor. Probably Cemetery of Splendor, the number one that I want to see badly. I know you're a big a Pitch-a-Pong fan. Pitch-a-Pong. Love me some Pitch-a-Pong. <laughs> Mm, again, glad to see it follows. Number 11. Awesome. Indeed. It's quite surprising. It's, I think it's great. Great to see that. Uh, new trailers this week. What do we have? We have Knight of Cups. Ooh. Little Malik. Little Malik action. This trailer, it's like the most Malik thing that ever Malik. Whoever makes Malik's uh, trailers, my God. Do they do a fantastic job? They do. This is a great trailer uh, if you're into that style. But it, it instantly made me want to check this movie out. I mm-hmm. definitely want to see it. Yep. So. It may, it, like, their Malik trailers give you this promise of, like, the most amazing cinematic experience yeah, that you're ever going to It's going to be this, have. like, transcendent experience that when you come out of it, you're going to have a completely different outlook on life. Yeah. It's going to be, like, completely enlightening. Yeah. I hope I hope that it's like that. I doubt it will be, but one thing is for sure, it's probably going to look amazing. More than likely, yeah. Uh, we also have Captain America: Civil War. Big, big trailer release. I'm pretty excited to see this. I'm actually really, really excited to see this. I think 
that this has potential to be the best of all of the Marvel movies, including the Avengers and all of that stuff. Oh boy. It's it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And I was a huge fan of the Civil War series and the comic books. I'm really interested to see what they do, how they interpret that. You know, a lot of people are, are there's a lot of rumors that uh, that Spider-Man's going to be in it. Um, now that now that they, yeah, Mar- Marvel has the license back from Sony. They're, they don't have it back, but they're kind of working together with it. Yeah. Which is something that a lot of people predicted for a while now. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to shake things up. I think that this they're going to use this as kind of a, a way to end the run of like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. So they're, I don't know if they're going to kill people off, but it, that's a possibility. Either way, the trailer is great, and uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, the only other trailer that is really worth mentioning is uh, one called Dixieland. This is one that... I can't remember what festival it premiered at, but it was at Tribeca, and I was I was supposed to see it. It was on my list, but then something, as things usually do, something messed with my schedule, and I um, didn't get yeah, a chance geez. to see it. But mm. this one looks okay. It's uh, it's got a bit of a poverty porn vibe to it, but I'm always down with that. So <laughs> I'll be I'll be willing to check this one out. You're down with the poverty porn. I am. I am You're down cool with the poverty it. porn. That's pretty much it for news. Let's talk about our first review. I was thinking we could do The Assassin first, since that came out first. All right. So this is directed by Shell Sen Hu. Probably mispronouncing that. I apologize. Pretty sure you butchered the hell yeah. out of that name. Yeah. I wouldn't Sien. have done any better if it makes you feel better. Xiao Sen Su Hu. That sounded a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I have man. a synopsis here. An assassin accepts a dangerous dangerous mission to kill a political leader in 7th century China. Stars uh, Chi Chu, Chen Chang, and Satoshi Sumabuki. <laughs> it really takes it out of me. I know it does. It does. I, you know, I feel for you, though. I laughed, but I wouldn't do any better. Mm. And I would feel just as terrible. I feel, something feel, tells yeah. me, like something tells me that this whole episode is just going to be me sounding just, like an ignorant idiot the whole time. Just butchering names left and right. That's going to be this whole episode, and I apologize in advance for for all of it. Uh, okay, I'll start. I'll start this one off, if I may. Okay, go for it. Uh, first thing to to note, and probably the biggest thing to note about the assassin is it is absolutely gorgeous. Probably Correct. the best looking movie I've seen all year visually from those opening moments that black and white opening uh, mm-hmm. I was blown away I'm like jaw on the floor I was just holy crap this movie looks amazing especially because he used the uh which I'm not sure why but he used the academy uh aspect ratio so it's uh like a square ish mm-hmm. and he shot it on 35 millimeters so it's got this kind of it all has this kind of classic look to it, I would say. It does, look, it does look wonderful. It just it looks it looks very classical. The settings, the locales are just unbelievable. I mean, it is it is a beautiful film. That being yeah, said, the, the production design, the costume design, oh yes, boy. yes, all Oof. all of the above, amazing. That being said, uh, plot, performances, all of those things, 
honestly, I just wasn't on board with it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I honestly was struggling very, very hard to understand the relationships and the political aspects. Like, you know, this group is a faction with this group, but they're kind of warring with each other. And there's all of these things happening. And it was it was a bit of a struggle for me to just really latch on to the story because I think I had trouble understanding well, well, what was going I mean, on. Also, I don't think it was really presented in an intriguing way whatsoever yeah it was just it was all very let's just be honest it was dull yeah and and it's it's so it's so unfortunate because honestly for like the first five or ten minutes i was like so on board with this movie because i i was pretty much done with the whole uh what are they called wuxia movies like the crouching tiger Mm -hmm. style movies pretty much done with those for for a while now i've tried to come back a couple times here and there but it's it's never really worked and i thought that this was going to be the one that to bring me back in because it has it's like an art house version of a wuxia film mm-hmm. so i was kind of like oh this is this kind of intriguing kind of into this and her um, character is so mysterious yeah in the beginning like i love how um, it felt like every single scene the camera would you know Go up to the ceiling. And she's, she's just, just, she's just hanging she's out. Just chilling. Yeah, she's, she's everywhere. She's just hanging out watching. She she has very very few lines, and uh, that that was the other thing that I really liked at first was the um well I mean I liked it the whole way through, but the fact that uh, there are very few cuts in this movie, a lot of uh, a lot of long takes, and the the camera just kind of sweeps through a room, and then it moves on to the next scene. So there's not not lots of fast cuts or anything even during the fight scenes which the fight scenes were so weird in this movie because they would fight for like and the fight scenes are very sparse there's not a whole lot of action going on in this movie no but when the fight scenes would happen half the time i would say at least 50 percent of the time she would get in a fight and then they'd both just stop fighting and walk away correct (laughs) they're just like all right we're done (laughs) like this isn't let's not continue this and it was just kind of bizarre to me. Yeah, I gotta say, I was kind of disappointed with the fight scenes, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they're quick. They, yeah, but they looked weird. Like, they... Well, they looked kind of hidden, really. Yeah. They, I mean, they're not really showing you... I think there's, like, one confrontation, like, on the rooftop between her and the, the guy that, you know, she's... Her cousin that she's supposed to kill or whatever. But, um... Uh, yeah, everything's kind of masked. You don't really get to see much. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, they're sparse, and then when they do happen, they're—I mean—they're over as quick as they begin. Yeah, they're like fifteen seconds long. They're very quick. I mean, she is completely badass, though. Sure, she's a badass, absolutely. But man, oh my god, <laughs> this movie—the <laughs> first like it's—it's dr- it's draining because it's. I—I I, I will admit that I had to. I watched this in two two segments because was, it was losing me so bad that I had to turn it off and come back to it. The, the, the first 40 minutes, and he's he lets these scenes breathe, right? Like you said, there's not, there's not that many cuts. There's not that much dialogue. There's a lot of just letting the scene air out. And I don't, it seems like he's going for like to make these scenes kind of like contemplative, but there's nothing to contemplate. <laughs> Yeah, it's just There's nothing it's so really going dry. on. The only thing that you have 
really, at least that I noticed, you know, that's like beneath the surface is the whole, uh, the whole bluebird metaphor. But even then that there's just not a whole lot of substance to it. Yeah. I mean, and and when this thing ends and you know, we're talking was, was like an hour and 45 minutes, mm -hmm. hour, 50 minutes. When this thing ends, I'm just, I just thinking to myself, what what (laughs) was that? What, what was the point of this? Like, I I don't need a plot or a story, but even, even the cinematography, as beautiful it is, as it is sometimes, there's so much time spent in these in these rooms where, okay, the like I said, the costume design, the production design, the art direction, it's all, it's beautiful. It's great. But there's nothing for the camera to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... Uh... I mean, honestly, him and his concubine, would, were they sitting and hugging for like 45 minutes? <laughs> uh, and then there's like the one scene where she's just getting ready. Like they just show the, the like servants putting the pins in her hair and stuff and... Mm-hmm. And then the one where she's just playing that little, I don't know what instrument that is. The, the oh, string, like the, the string yeah, instrument. The, the zither or whatever. Was it? Yeah, I guess it was a zither. It's kind of like a, I forget what they're called, Chinese zithers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's just, and then finally when they, you have the, where um, the guy has to escort and they, you finally get out into the open area and they're yeah, out in the far thing. It's like, holy shit, here we go. I know, that's what I this thought. That's is, exactly what I thought. This is amazing. Like, the locations, everything is just perfect. And then that lasts for about, like, 15 minutes. And then we're back into rooms, into the confines of rooms. Well, it's, it's definitely, it's also misleading because they get out of the, like, the compound or the area. And they, they get into a fight, like, really early on. And I thought, like, oh, man, this is going to be, like, you know, turn into, not a road trip, but you know what I mean, like a like a journey, like an escort thing where they're they're traveling, they're getting attacked by assassins, and, and uh, Chishu is following them, and, like, not, she doesn't know what she wants to do, but it's not really how it plays out. They get in one fight, and then it's, that's pretty much it. It's done. It's, it's done. <laughs> Then she gets in another little fight among the birch trees, and then that kind of just ends. But, but there's also supposed to be this kind of love story, I think, which didn't really, uh, didn't really like formulate for me because I think that she's supposed to be in love with her cousin. They were supposed to get married, and then she got sent away, and then she gets hired to kill him. I don't know if that's, I don't think that's any spoiler. That's pretty, pretty much the setup of the movie. Yeah, but. I really wasn't feeling that that whole the conflict that she was having the no. where she was she was tasked with killing him but she couldn't do it because apparently she loved him but I really wasn't feeling that conflict. No, because it is interesting. Essentially, you know, she has this problem where she's she's such a great assassin, you know, technically speaking, but her conscience keeps getting in the way. Yeah, and she keeps coming up with excuses, but. I think also the fact that I really didn't understand the relationships between the different... Like, I didn't know why they wanted him killed. I didn't know who wanted him killed. I didn't understand... There there was just so much that was quickly explained at the beginning of the movie that I, f- like, forgot at that beginning, um, yeah, but you know, let's, intro let's, thing. So let's say this. Let's say that he did a little bit better job of 
you know, fleshing things out, maybe giving you more backstory and maybe making things a bit clearer, uh, which would probably bump it up to like two and a half hours. So, yeah, probably. I mean, does that still make the scenes intriguing where people are just sitting doing nothing? No, no, it doesn't. With fabric swaying in front of the camera? Oh, that, that drove me crazy. That one scene where the fabric was in front of the camera in the in the camera the whole time because it gave it this kind of milky look. Yeah. And I thought it, lo- I, I thought it, that looked awful. I thought it looked like a soap opera. It did look I it was interesting in the sense that when they kind of when it reversed the, the, yeah. When they reversed the shot and you saw that you're kind of seeing it from her yeah. perspective. And it's like, oh okay. But still, why are they why am I just watching them sit for forty minutes? Can we do something else? Yeah. It was uh yeah, I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed because it started off so strong and I was so excited. You know, the, and there's so many flashes of just absolute, just unbelievable beauty. And, you know, like the first, like the mountains when they're walking down in through the valley and they walk into the, and in and then through the cave. Like as soon as that shot appears, you're like, oh my God, here we go. This is it. This mm-hmm. is it. And then nothing. And then you have the with the shot down through the mountains and the the fog is kind of yep. climbing up through the mountains and she's standing at the top and then everything gets completely covered and swathed in fog and it just just that precipice and you're like wow that is unbelievable yeah and we we talked about l- location based visuals a lot before in the show because there's. There's some movies where simply by shooting it at a specific location, it's going to look good. You know, it's not going to require a lot of skill. But in this movie, I think that they do employ some really interesting techniques, cinematography-wise, to make it look even better. Yes, the location is beautiful, but I think a lot of what he does in it... Like, there's a scene where it takes place at nighttime, and they all have torches, and they're kind of running up through, and just... Just the way that that sh- is shot, it looks amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it's fa- it's this isn't just simply like right. Oh, we got lucky. It's a great location. No, he knows what to do with the location. Yeah, and I mean, even just, even the gorgeous. simple even the simple scene of how the fight ends amongst the the birch trees and just the way that the past that they walk away from each other and the way mm-hmm. that that film is fantastic. And that's such a simple scene. Yeah. Yep, I completely agree with that. And then, uh, we, then we get into this, like supernatural stuff. So you think it's going to pick up there with the supernatural, like, but then that just dies off and we're done. Yeah, I don't know. I just that was a huge letdown. Yeah, same here. Same here. I thought for sure that I was going to have a. I thought you were going to be uh, be really into this one just based on the visuals alone. Yeah, my wife was also kind of surprised because she didn't like it. And she was just waiting for me to start gushing, and yeah, because she thought it was right up my alley. But no, didn't grab you, huh? No, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, there was one scene I wanted to mention where the one—I don't even know—was he a prince or emperor or whoever, one of the leader guys? He kind of throws a tantrum and he throws a clay pot on the ground, and it's they use the same sound bite that they used in wet hot american summer when janine groffalo first meets david hyde pierce 
and she flicks the. They actually use it several times in Wet Hot American Summer. The sound of like the pot breaking, the flower pot. Oh yeah, it's the same. It's the same exact. Because as soon as I heard it, because in Wet Hot American Summer they play it like three times, so it was kind of ingrained in my, in my head. And as soon as he throws a tantrum and knocks that pot over, I was like, "Up, oh, wet hot." <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was a funny little little bit uh, there. Oh god. Yeah, that's uh, the assassin. I just wish that there was there was more to at least I you know like I said I don't I don't need a story I don't need plot I don't need <clears throat> the development or anything but man give me something to ruminate. Outside of the, you know, the the whole bluebird metaphor, but even that felt slight. Give us some political intrigue or, I mean, I'm not asking for wall-to-wall action. I don't, I don't need Crouching Tiger. I don't need that. No, I'm, I like, I'm fine with, you know, letting these, letting these scenes go on, letting them breathe and, you know, being meditative and contemplative or whatever you want to call it. But give me something to contemplate or meditate on during Torn yeah. stretches. I, I don't have anything. Yeah, the dialogue is is so minimal. Uh, the the conversations are so slight in this. That... Yeah, it's just like all, all I all I have to go on here is okay. She's an assassin, and her conscience keeps getting in her in her way, so she can't do her job, and she can't you know find anyone else that's like her. Okay. And, and then she kind of she kind of finds someone with the 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 mirror polisher guy. Yeah. But again, it's just not, there's not much there. No, there's not. Unfortunately, I I would like to to learn more about you know the main character, the assassin. Like, just we we get a little bit of her backstory, but I never got a sense that I had any idea who she really was. It is. Just, it is the only thing that I liked about her backstory is it is kind of interesting that. The reason that she's sent away is because she doesn't obey, and then she gets turned into like this major unstoppable assassin. Yeah, but then she doesn't obey there either, so she's kind of sent back to her homeland where she disobeys again. Yeah, she doesn't like to obey. Yeah, and I love her character. I just, just not. A, there's just not enough here for me. Maybe we'll get the assassin too, and it'll be there'll be more to it. Maybe. The assassin to blood rain. <laughs> I don't know if that'll be. You think that's the direction they'll go? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, I hope so. All right, that's the assassin. Let's go ahead and give this a score. I'm gonna say th- this is a really hard one for me to give a score to because I was so into the look and the production design and all of that stuff. Um, so it's really difficult for me to give this a score, but I'm going to have to say five and a half on this one. Wow. That's exactly what I'm giving it. Yeah. It's just, man, if there was just something else there, just something else to, to latch onto, this would be amazing. It it would be like the, the, the saving grace for that, the wuxia genre that I have fallen out of over the yeah. years. Yeah. It just needed something. Yeah, I just you gotta give me something to think about. Yep. Maybe maybe something's there and I just missed it. I don't know. That could always be. Yeah, yeah. but you know, to find it, you'd probably have to rewatch the movie, which I will never. I will never rewatch it. Probably. Never gonna do. No. I nope. fucking love that poster, though. Jesus. I know it's amazing. It is amazing. 
the assassin is playing in select cities <clears throat> right now, so it's. I don't believe it's on VOD just yet. So keep an eye out for that. It's landing on all kinds of uh, the the top the year end lists that have started emerging. Oh, he's just and like the yeah. Oscar buzz, you know, Slight predictions and, and all that. Sight and sound number one. Yeah, sight and sound number one. I was gonna mention that when we when I meant when I said it, but I didn't want to like give away my thoughts that early on the movie. Yeah, I tried to I tried to hold it back too. But I wanted to be like, what the what? <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, it's still one of those. No, I wouldn't put it at number one. But at the same time, it's not one that really. It doesn't anger me that much. Care because I, I'm sure that for some people it, it really did resonate with them, and it, the 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 story did work. But it just didn't. It, for me, there was just not nothing for me to latch onto there. So it didn't. It didn't really move me. The yeah. even the though movie. I didn't like it, it's not one of those things where I'm like, "You're crazy." Yeah, exactly. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, it's it's not going to be on my top twenty. I, I'll tell you that for for sure. But it's you know. It's not a bad movie, per se. Let's uh, move on and talk about our next movie of the week. That's Mustang. This is... Uh, oh, boy. This is direct, <laughs> written and directed by Denise Gamze Erguven. It's a Turkish film. That's pretty close. Yeah, I think it was pretty close. I have a synopsis here. Early summer, in a village in northern Turkey... L- Lale and her four sisters are walking home from school, playing innocently with some boys. The immorality of their play sets off a scandal that has unexpected consequences. The family home is progressively transformed into a prison. Instruction in homemaking replaces school and marriages start being arranged. The five sisters who share a common passion for freedom find ways of getting around the constraints imposed on them. Kevin, what did you think of Mustang? I actually quite liked Mustang. As did I. Quite liked it. Um, I had one uh, possibly major quibble. Uh-oh. I've got it. quibbles. Yeah. That happens. I can't say what it is without giving a, a spoiler. There's something uh, There's something that they introduce fairly late in the movie that kind of makes things way darker than uh, okay, okay. previously. And I, I just honestly didn't think it needed to be in there. I see what you're saying. I think I know what you're talking about. I would hope that I know what you're talking about. There's a. It really only gets dark, like really, really dark, at one point. Yeah, there, it's something with one of the characters. This is uh, oh, this is not what I expected. Yeah. I'll tell you that. No, not what I expected. I, I from like the first maybe five ten minutes when they're just leaving school and having fun in the ocean i thought this was going to be kind of like this year's we are the best that's exactly what i was thinking but it's like oh this is just gonna be a group of sisters just having a good time just yeah, living life time. they don't give a shit about nobody yeah that's nobody what, can stop them that's exactly but, what i thought it damn they get, they get stopped early yeah it's more like full force it's more like virgin suicides. I would say it's closer to that. I was thinking totally. that it was kind of like I don't really remember a lot of virgin suicides though. It's similar, but it felt kind of like that. Yeah, where similar. they they essentially, you know, they get their house becomes a prison with prison updates. 
like every week. Like how much did they spend? Crazy new. I often I thought that several times throughout this movie. Like they must have money because they seem what? to have they have a big house, and then they also seem to have a decent amount of land. And, and they're and, they're and their budget for for bars yeah. is. It's ridiculous. There's I mean, bars like they, everywhere. There's locks everywhere. Giant walls. They erect giant walls around they their house. They put spikes on top of the walls. Yeah. The entire perimeter is spiked. I mean, it's a fortress. They turn it into a fortress, essentially. It's crazy. Oh, it's a difficult movie to watch. Like, I was just pretty much angry the entire time. It gets... Just... Once the arranged marriages get introduced, it gets way, way more difficult. Then you're just like, what a what a fucked up society! Come on, guys, just you guys got to get with it because this is <laughs> this is some messed up stuff that's happening here. It's always I've always found arranged marriages yeah, intriguing. It's, it's a horror. Don't, I don't understand. I mean, for some people, they work. Like I, I work just, with I the number of say, people yeah. that I, I work with a number of people that were set up through arranged marriages, and they seem to be they seem to work out great for them. And I think that a lot of, I think their grandma even says it in the movie where, you know, at first you're not, you don't like it. You don't know the person, all that stuff. You're, you, you don't want to do this, but then eventually, you know, you spend more time with them. You gradually fall in love with them and all this stuff. And then in the end, it's fine. But yeah, that initial thing. But to me, uh, it's the age in which they were doing it. They They were like 14 years old. I mean, it's just... That's too young to be doing that. But also, I think that it should, even if they're 13 or 14, they sh- it should be their decision to make. Well, you know, I mean, that, I think that's the part of it is that at least maybe just ask them. Just be like, hey, woo, how do you feel about this? Are you okay with this? But that doesn't cross anyone's mind. And just turn it, you know, I mean, turn it into the factory. Which is crazy because the the transformation that happens is like, it's like a, just flipping a switch. One day, they're, they're, they're able to wear whatever they want. They're having a good time. They're allowed to be out with their friends. And, and then all of a sudden, because they played chicken, mm-hmm. it should be noted that this is all because they played chicken with yeah. some kids from school in the, in the in water. And somebody, a neighbor, saw them playing chicken and lost her shit. And said that they were like rubbing their vaginas on the the boys' necks. They're getting off on boys' necks, which is it was just utterly ridiculous. And because of this, it's like their their grandma's. Ooh, she uh she lost her shit. It was funny though because at first well, she's kind of forced into it, right? Because she always let them have their independence, and it's the uncle that comes yeah, in, and, and that's like, you know, they're, yeah, they're sullied, and you didn't do your job. Yeah, that's Which, exactly what like, the, the next shit. point that I was going to bring up was that she's the one that makes the decision, but it's because after she yells at him, we then see the uncle yelling at her and, you know, putting her in her place and saying, you know, you got to stop this. And she she was trying to say that, you know, girls will be girls. Yeah. And they're just everyone's kind of forced into doing these things because of some men who can't even, can't even act like... Decent human beings at a soccer game. Yet they're the ones that make the decisions. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, that the whole soccer thing played played into the, the larger theme of the movie too, which I like yeah. a lot. 
<laughs> they can't go. This, it, pretty much every single soccer game that they talked about, it was talking about people invading the pitch and then just destroying everything because it's a soccer game. I wonder, I, I wonder if that's happened in real life in Turkey where they don't allow mm-hmm. men into the soccer games. That's oh yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, and see that that's, you that's clearly the... can't handle this privilege. You, so we're you taking can't, it away you, from you. You can't handle a soccer match. You know, something in which that you pay to go and see, you can't handle it and behave, you know, like decent human beings. Yeah, it's like... But yet you're in charge of making all decisions for people. It's that like makes take, sense. It's like taking a kid's toys away from him because he's like breaking the toys. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, you can't, if you're not responsible enough to play with them nice, we're going to take them away. No soccer for you. So you guys can act, act right and not burn things. Can you not burn things and throw flaming projectiles at goalies? Can well, the, you do that? The the best part was when when the young when uh, Lolly wanted to watch. She wanted to just watch the match on TV. She didn't want to watch the lame lame ass soaps that yeah. the women were watching. She wanted to watch the match, but the uncle was like, "No, no, uh-uh. can't it's, do it. There's it's too." There's too many guys here. There's too many guys here, and and uh, due to the the violence that that was happening, I don't want you to see that. But it's like, yeah, but it, you know, out of the same out of the same mouth, it's hey, we're the adults, we're the reasonable people. You have to listen to us. Yeah. We know what's best, but we can't handle ourselves at a soccer match. Good it, lord! In in that regard, yes, it was very frustrating and then it, film. I I. I Literally, at one point in time, tore the earbuds out, said, what the fuck? And immediately went and smoked a cigarette. Can you guess what scene what that was? Was it the scene that frustrated me that I had a quibble? No, with? it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was before that. Uh, I don't know. Is it a spoiler? I don't think so. Just, I'll say the sheet. The sheet. Oh. The sheet. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I did. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, I I did. I did know that that was a thing. Like I I don't know if it was like a documentary or something that I've I've seen that happen before. But yeah, that's it's just uh, when you, when you see it over here, like over there, it's normal. But over here, you're just like that's fucked up. So, why 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 <laughs> that's gross and fucked up? Which is just. It's so sad because she keeps telling everyone that she's a virgin and no one believes her. No one believes her. Even when she goes to the to yeah, the, the doctor. They multiple are... times. Multiple times they send her to the doctor. To have a virginity report. It's, oh, uh, it's, it's different cultures, man. Like A lot of people say, you know, we, we should respect different cultures and their practices and things like that. But some of the stuff, I'm sorry, but some of the stuff is so ridiculous. Look, look, I I can respect it. If the people that are, you know, taking part in this are doing it willfully. Like if that, if that's what they want to do and they want to be part of the the tradition and they're fine, I'm I'm not going to judge you if that's what you want to do. But when you're forcing people into it and you're forcing it upon them, yeah, give me a break. Well, the one girl, the the eldest that they married off first, she got married to her boyfriend, so she was cool with it. Yeah. So, like, you know, that is an example where that, that worked out. 
But everyone else didn't want any part in it. No, they did not. Especially the youngest, Lily. Which yeah, I thought she, she was fantastic. Oh, she was, yeah, she was great. Uh, she was great. There was some voiceover in there. What'd you think of that voiceover? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of it, but at the same time, I didn't think it was enough to... It didn't derail the film for me. I didn't mind it, because I felt like it was warranted. Uh, like the, uh, I liked to hear what she had to say. A lot of it was funny, too. And Plus, I just, I just don't think that it, you know, I don't think it took away from the film. Like no, I don't. I, I think Bad that, voiceover usually does. Because I'm thinking about where they would put that in if it wasn't in a voiceover. And I really can't think of how they would inject that in there without it seeming like just point, like weird exposition. So I think that the voiceover was fine in this case. And it's also kind of her story, too. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's about all five sisters, it's really it's really about Lolly kind of seeing what's going on and experiencing this. And she, in a way, she was kind of the smartest one of, of them all. Like, she saw through all the craziness, and she was, she was the one that stood up and was like, I'm not going to do this. You guys are crazy. Yeah. And I just, right off the bat, it's like, because it's essentially a prison break movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's kind of this like weird horror movie where people are picked off one by one, but <laughs> yeah. not, not from a slasher, but from arranged marriages. And then she gets out, and you just want her to get out so badly. I the the whole escape scene was uh, I thought was incredibly suspenseful. Yes, I was it was. Just like, I mean, it was like nail biting. I was just like, oh my god, are they gonna? Are they gonna? It was. Uh, really really surprising this this movie just was really surprising it was a lot darker than i expected but also it's uh, it's somewhat uplifting it's kind of a bittersweet movie it just i think it handles everything so well nothing felt heavy-handed to me and what they were trying to say and you know the points that they were trying to get across yeah, i thought absolutely. everything was done very you know these these subtle hints and stuff yeah i mean it didn't it didn't feel preachy either it wasn't like you know it, it's interesting because I feel like if if I had if I spent time in Turkey, if I was Turkish, maybe I would un, I would relate more with the practices and things, but to me it seemed like this was kind of like the final vestiges of the old way and you have yeah. these young kids <laughs> who are clearly not following the well, the old ways, the traditional ways of doing things. And a lot of times that's that's the problem that I have with, you know, sticking to these types of things you, you don't let natural evolution happen within a culture because you force it upon the kids that know no other way so they yeah. end up going through it willingly because that's all they're taught but this is a bit different because they're clearly independent people that are yeah. forced into it it's just like where did all the happiness go and it, and it seems like and the so, worst part is they take them out of school yeah like, the, yeah they take them out of school but it's, so, but it seems like a lot of other people that live in this same city that they live in don't follow these practices. At yeah, least that's they, what it seems like to me. It seems like some of them do and some of them don't. But it was just enough that their uncle was in the circle of people that do. So that's all it took. Yeah. And it was, it was with the uncle that I had the, the big... That was the thing that I had a hard time with. It's, that just, I it's just... I had to done it, you know using violence be like well this is best for you i'm going to grab you by the hair and force you to do this right yeah. i'm a reasonable person yeah 
Yeah. I don't know how to act at a soccer game. <laughs> I just burn stuff. I just I just throw <laughs> bottles and riot and try to destroy the pitch. But I make reasonable decisions, okay? I should be listened to. Just... The uh it I thought that it was also interesting cuz there was the one how oh, what's his name? Shit. I don't have his name here. The the one guy that that ends up helping them, he teaches Lolly how to drive and all of that stuff. Blinker. I thought that uh, he he was a very important character because he was kind of he kind of reaffirmed that not everybody's like that. You know? Well, yeah. Like he was a genuinely good guy, and I was worried that he was going to be a creeper or something. But but yeah, he ended up being like the last like thread for them at least. Yeah. The contemporary uh, Turkey. Yeah. But it was, I kept thinking, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He looks so familiar. And it's Blinker from Victoria. Oh. That's who it was. It's like, I know this guy. Who is he? Interesting. Did not recognize him. Hmm. How about that? Yeah, I love <laughs> She keeps trying to drive. Yeah. It's <laughs> just that I'm working out for her. <laughs> I thought it had a nice balance of everything. Like it had some dark elements in there. It has some comedy. It has some lighthearted moments. And I think it's just a nice mixture of all of those. Yeah. Without I, being heavy handed or yeah. preachy like you said. Looks really good too, visually. Yeah. Oh, the couple of those times, like the first shot of Layla, just like when she first escaped and she's just like walking down the road mm-hmm. and how the camera followed. Mm-hmm. A lot of those shots were fantastic. I liked the the shot. I think that there's like a still somewhere of when she first takes them into town after, you know, making them wear the ugly dresses, yeah. the shit dress, the shit colored dresses. Uh, there's like that scene where they're just kind of standing there by the fountain. Yeah. And, uh, Which, again, that's such a weird, such a weird double standard where they could dress how they wanted and they were able to act and they were completely judged called whores and stuff yeah. but then they put the modesty dresses on them and then take them into town and show them off like, literally what, parade what? them around <laughs> but that's okay oh my yeah it's it is kind of ridiculous i just don't i don't know i'm just so confused i'm just so confused <laughs> confused just, by the world i just don't get like i don't understand how you would like why would you want a woman that's not like their own person or independent. Like how I just well, like I don't, I don't well, understand how to be like how can you be attracted to anything else besides that? Well I mean the 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 boys involved they don't have any say in it either. I mean they're they're stuck in it too. It's really the parents that are making all the decisions. Yeah. I mean I'm but sure even, that the boys even have... the guy, they, I mean they don't speak up either. No, no, they're just they're just going along with it too. Because they're getting essentially a servant, pretty much that they can have sex with. Yeah, and make them dinner and clean up after them, and yeah, you know, it's like a it's like a baby factory too. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I I think that that's probably changing. I think I think that uh, you're seeing less and less of that throughout the world. Right, I hope so. But yeah, one day, yeah, one of these days, one of these days, he's f- never mind. It's going to say something not, not nice. I agree with you, though. I know um, what you're going to say, and I completely agree. Fuck it. Just fucking men. Shitheads. 
Shitheads. <laughs> Shitheads, dude. They're so fucking ridiculous. Oh, boy. That's Mustang. It's playing in select cities right now. Let's give this thing a score. Uh, Kevin, what are you going to give Mustang? I'm going to give Mustang uh Oh, man. I'd say like a seven and a half, eight. I'm going to give it eight. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Okay. This one, this one definitely, definitely go see it. I think that would help if you had at least some idea of what you're getting into. I think that if you listened to this discussion and have not seen the movie yet, I think that it will better prepare you for going into it because I was not prepared for the, the darkness that would occur in this movie. Or just go into it completely blind like I did. And then you can just be like, wait, now this isn't real life. <laughs> There's no way. Like, this is all made up. This is all ridiculous. Like, if this wasn't a thing, like, if we didn't know that this was a thing and you would make a movie about it, we would all be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, this it would is be, so over the top. It'd be like it'd be like watching Dogtooth for the first time. <laughs> it's like, this is such horseshit. <laughs> Where you're just like, this is, this is ridiculous. This Come is so on. far-fetched. I like the movie, but it was just so unbelievable. <laughs> There's no way any of this happens. Yeah, but it does. And the the other thing, it, I I don't know. If it's just I think, well, I'm normally in this type of mood, but even more so because my mom just got back into dating, and so <laughs> and it just seeing like some of the stuff that she has to deal with is just oh my god, it's just what the fuck, what the fuck, man. <sighs> All right. I don't know. I don't know how women do it. I don't know how they do it. I don't either. Honestly, I don't either. <laughs> The world is so easy for us. Yeah, it it is. It is. I think we uh, too often we take it for granted. But oh yeah, like you don't have to really worry about anything. Yep. Uh, that's Mustang. Check it out. Uh, comes highly recommended for me. Just be aware, it's a lot tougher than it than it seems. It's also um, James Franco's favorite favorite movie of the year. Oh, there you go. So... How about that? Franco recommended. <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Talk about some of what we've been watching in our watch list. Uh, we can start it with you, Kevin, but I'll, I'll tell you right now, I saw a shitload of stuff this week, so I'm, oh, uh, boy. my list is big. This is going to be rough. Got a big I, saw, I saw three. Okay. So the first one I saw was Red Road, the, uh, Andrea Arnold's debut mystery thriller type deal going on here with a woman who's a CCTV operator. And one day while she's working combing combing all the the cameras and whatnot checking out the footage feeds she's she notices a face she kind of freaks out and the best part about this movie is they don't andrea arnold doesn't really lead on to what's going on just all of a sudden she sees a face she freaks out you have no idea who this guy is what he did why she's so freaked out and you get little bits and pieces like as the movie goes on and she starts following him around and you're not quite sure what the hell this woman's doing. Why is she doing this? You know that this guy did something and he ended up going to jail for it, but you don't know how the two connect. And to me, that that, that was that was the highlight of this film. Everything else is, you know, the performances are pretty good. The cinematography's it's all right. It's serviceable. Um, it's bleak as all hell. Uh, it's really dark and bleak. Mm. And just, it's depressing. It's really depressing. Um, every... <laughs> Like every location that they shoot in, just it it looks awful to live there. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if that's still the case in these areas, but man, it just looks downtrodden as can be. 
uh, Glasgow does not look like a nice place. Um, but yeah, it it really it really gets you hooked with the whole mystery aspect because it doesn't really let on as to what's going on, how these people are connected, what she's doing, what's her plan, her intentions, what this guy did. And then you kind of find out everything at the very end. And it is, uh, it's, uh, it's a gut punch. I'm really intrigued in this. I, I want to see this. I think you'll, you'll love this. Yeah, this, this looks really good. Um, I definitely want to check this out. How, how did you see this? It's on movie. Oh, I think it's still on there. I think okay. it's still on there. Okay. And that's uh, Red Road. Red Road. I think it was on Netflix Instant for a while. I don't know if it still is, though. I'll take a look. I'll search for it. Uh, so I saw I saw six things this week. Oh, so what, I, what I'll do here is I'll do, I'll do two in a row, and then we'll pass it off back to you. Okay. Fair enough. So I saw the first thing I saw was Hitchcock Truffaut. This is the documentary about the, uh, the legendary... Uh, book of inter- the the interview that the Truffaut did with Hitchcock it turned it into a book and it's it's kind of like basically what the documentary sets out to do is speak with acclaimed directors and kind of get their take on the book and how the book impacted their directing style and maybe how each of the directors impacted their di- their directing style so that it has interviews with like steven spielberg scorsese wes anderson david fincher richard linkletter lots of people in this uh but it was just a little bit not enough there just wasn't enough there for me to just really get into it i wanted more like maybe more directors or maybe going a little bit more in depth with the directors that they already speak speak to yeah um to be honest it kind of sounds like a like a like a circle jerk. It, yeah. I well, I think that you would find it interesting. There there are a lot of there's a lot of talk about technique and craft in it where they kind of break down specific scenes in both Hitchcock films and Truffaut some of Truffaut's films. So yeah. they like take specific scenes from movies and and like really dive down and talk about, you know, their specific styles. And that that's all really interesting, especially when Scorsese's the one telling you about it, you know. Because I pretty much hang on every single word that he says in any interview I see him in. Because he's just so interesting to me. Uh, but it's it's like 80 minutes long. It's just not, there's not enough. Not enough meat on the bone. So, can't, can't, unfortunately I can't, I mean it's okay. But it's just, yeah, there's just not enough there. So, it's, I'd say light recommend. I saw uh, Love and Mercy. Ooh. Yeah. Gotta say, pretty surprised with this one. I didn't, I didn't love it like some people are are just really kind yeah. of fawning over this one. But it is definitely not your typical biopic by any means. It, they really kind of subvert the whole the cliches of the biopic. Um, I mean, obviously, it takes place in two specific time periods in in the life of Brian Wilson. The 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 uh, I guess you could call him the lead the lead singer slash songwriter of the Beach Boys. And uh, part of it takes place in the 60s. Part of it takes place in the 80s. And it's sort of revolves around his creative process and also his battle with mental illness. And then there's also kind of a love story in there where he, in the 80s, starts uh, dating Elizabeth, a character played by Elizabeth Banks. 
And I got to I got to say I was really entertained by this. I think I preferred the stuff in the 60s more because there was more uh in like studio stu- scenes in the studio where he's actually making some of the more iconic songs. Yeah. It takes place it takes place before right before um Pet Sounds, right before he recorded that. So it goes through the whole recording process of Pet Sounds and um it was just really interesting. I mean, he's a really, really talented. He is a really talented musician, and he comes up with some really crazy ideas. And I, one thing that I really liked about this was the cinematography. Um, it was uh, shit. What's his name? Richard Yalman mm-hmm. or Richard mm-hmm. Yeoman, uh, Wes Anderson's DP. So it it looked a lot better than I expected too. The, there's some really really interesting. Um, camera work in this so yeah i recommend it love and mercy oh uh paul dano and john cusack do do a great job too as does paul giamatti and elizabeth banks great yeah, performances I gotta, I gotta i guess i gotta check that out i saw a good bit of it when my wife was watching it the only thing i didn't like was um giamatti's character he's, he's a little so cartoonish yeah, yeah he seemed a bit ridiculous yeah and it's and it's weird too because He's like Brian Wilson's doctor slash manager, and he is also the manager in uh, Straight Outta Compton, which was that, another bite. Yeah. Oh, that's his. That's his new role. Yeah, oh, Giamatti. What happened? <laughs> what happened to Giamatti? Mm. Yeah. So that's Love and Mercy. Uh, I don't know. Is that a? I guess it's out now, right? Is yeah. it on VOD or okay. something? Uh, no, I think it's just. Probably like Amazon and stuff. I'm sure you can rent it. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I saw a screener. Yeah, we got uh, DVD from Netflix, so okay. it's def- it's out there. It's All right, out there, so it's man. out on DVD. Uh, I've watched a uh, American Indie, A Morning Light from Ian Clark, the guy that did MMXIII for 2013. I guess we still haven't. I still haven't checked Google to see <laughs> how you. How you, how you, uh, verbalize Roman numerals, but uh, so this is his newest. It just debuted at Torino Film Festival. I think that was Friday. Yeah, sometime this weekend. Yeah, yeah Friday. Uh, I got a chance to see, check this out. Uh, ended up writing up a piece for for future reference, and I got to say that this movie is interesting. Um, uh, he's using his kind of experimental work but he's given it like this sci-fi twist to it with aliens. And so it ends up, yeah. So it ends up becoming this like straightforward narrative where um, Zach Weintraub is just, he's in the woods, he's camping out and he starts to have this relationship and these things start happening with, you know, flashes of light and all this experimental imagery going on. And it kind of alludes that there's some supernatural things going on but you're not quite sure if they actually are happening if this is all just made up in his head what's going on there's two other guys in the woods that are that are up to things it doesn't their intentions kind of remain unknown you're not they're acting bizarrely they're doing some odd things and uh it's just number one it's uh opaque as all hell i don't really know what the hell was going on but i mean that in a good way um, and it's definitely worth worth it. Check it out when it comes out. 
Yeah, we'll uh man. We'll probably report back when when this comes out just to let everybody know when it's when it's released. I want to try to keep after that more, especially when we do movies that aren't out yet. And uh I was I was, I watched this twice, once to just watch it so I could write a review for it. And the second time was just me uh frantically screen grabbing like every <laughs> single shot. It's just like screen grab, screen grab, screen grab. I love it when a movie's that good that you feel the need to do that. Yeah. Oh man. Because there's and the the I didn't even speak about the the music and the sound design to this movie are just oh they're damn near perfect. Nice. It heightens things. That's a morning light. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. So hopefully it sounds like it's just starting its festival run, so it'll probably be doing its Unf- thing for a while. Yeah, unfortunately it'll probably take a while. Hmm. Uh, I saw Submerged. This is a movie that's out now. I'm not gonna say that you should uh, go out and see this. I have a review up on the on the site. <clears throat> it's directed by Stephen C. Miller. Which okay, so we talked about Submerged. If, I guess maybe it was last week or the week before, and it sounded ridiculous. I was not into it, even though I am into these kinds of movies, these containment thrillers, as I call them. It sounded a little bit ridiculous about a group of twenty uh, somethings that are trapped in a limo. At the bottom of a canal. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it seems like a little bit too simple of a of a premise. Like, it just seems like, you, oh, you'd be able to break the glass and just swim up to the top. But as it turns out, there's more to it than that. The limo itself is, like, bulletproof and shatterproof. So you, you can't just break the windows. Oh, okay. It's okay. Okay. pretty much sealed. It, it sort of creates a tomb. So, anyway, I was... I like containment thrillers directed by Stephen C. Miller. This is the guy that did the aggression scale, which I liked a whole lot. I was a huge fan of the aggression scale when that came out a couple years ago. So I was like, okay, well I'll give it a shot. See what's going on here. Uh, not, not too into this one, not too into it. Uh, what they did to kind of pad, pad the movie was that it started with them in the limo waking up and they're all messed up from the crash. And then it, it, Every few minutes we'll jump back in time and develop the characters and develop the plot to to get to the point where they end up going off the uh, the road into the canal. And it gets a little convoluted. It's the the plot gets way too complex for its own good. It's there's like double crossing and there's this whole thing where the the main the female leads father who's played by tim daly is this kind of rich uh, I, don't know, I can't remember what kind of business he had but he ended up laying off all these people and so there's all these people that had a grudge against him and then there's kidnapping and like murder and it just gets so convoluted by the end that i was just like what i, I don't why is this all happening and by the end the whole limo thing is rendered fairly pointless because when you when you look back in retrospect you're like why did the limo thing even matter because they ended up in the same place so yeah i don't know the the acting was really really not great in this also i i had a hard time with some of the dialogue i don't know if it was necessarily the acting or just the dialogue that was not great um so yeah overall not too not too into this one Again, I have a full review up on the site. I gave it like a four and a half out of ten. But, uh, that's submerged. And then uh, the other one was my next one. 
You're such a sucker for containment. <laughs> uh, well, they they sent us I, a screener, so I was like, whatever, I'll take a look. Well, I just I always imagine like someone just stopping, like, hey, you want to check out this movie? You're like, nah, it doesn't really sound too good. Well, they're trapped in this small spot. Huh? Okay. I yeah, they I know. just I like those kinds of movies. What can I say? I find them to be interesting. It's all right. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. good thing. It's a good thing. I mean, I'm not going to say they're all good. I, it, a lot of them I end up hating. Like ATM, <laughs> I absolutely hated ATM. See, that's the best part of it, though, is that the majority of the time you do not like them, but it's still your thing. Yeah, but then every once in a while you find one, you're just you get, like, oh, you get yeah. that one. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, it was all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's pretty much all horror movies. Like every horror movie, mm-hmm. it, it's like that. Um. Anyway, I saw the Man from Uncle, the Guy Ritchie movie okay. that came out earlier yeah, this yeah. year. I like this movie. I liked it quite a bit, actually. I had a really fun time with it. I mean, it is very, very Guy Ritchie. It's not on the same level as as Lockstock or Snatch, but I had more fun with it than the the Sherlock Holmes movies that he did with Robert Downey Jr. I had more fun with this one than than those and. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, oozing with style. You know, he, he just, <laughs> Guy Ritchie just, it seems like he just has so much fun making movies. You know, like, the crazy camera work that he likes to employ with, like, the split screen, and then he'll split that screen into, like, four more, and there's, like, 50 things happening at once, and he's, like, taking things away, and there's, like, all kinds of stuff going on simultaneously, and there's this, like, great great score that's playing along with it and it, it just it has the the vibe of a of a slightly cheesy but fun 60s espionage film and uh yeah had a really good time with this one surprisingly hmm. so I, for, I kind of forgot all about this movie. i know that's what i like in my little letterbox blurb i feel like a lot of people just kind of it, it came and went and not a lot of people talked about it at least that was the vibe i got and um, I think I think there could be an underappreciated title from this year because there was there's really nothing wrong with it. It's just fun. Yeah. And um, it's they set it up for the possibility of a sequel, and I, I sincerely hope they do because I love the way that they ended things off. And uh, Alicia Vikander's in it, and I feel like she's like she's everywhere. She's she's gonna explode. She's she's, she's everywhere. Yeah, she's about to be a household name. I can almost guarantee that so she's about to be in like every single movie yeah yep <gasps> so that's the man from uncle i i do recommend checking that out because it is it is a lot of fun you'll have a blast watching that one all right i have to check that one out now that i remember it uh i saw tangerine okay sean baker's tangerine um i had a pretty good inkling that i was going to enjoy this movie i thought i would like it but I don't think I was necessarily ready for how energetic and fun it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is like nonstop. High energy, this one. And I loved every minute of it. Yep. Just about. The only thing I really, you know, like quibble, qualm that I had was the, the cab driver. That was my, that was my. <laughs> that was the only thing that was yeah. like, because every time they cut to him, you're taking me away from, uh, Cindy and Alexandra, and I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? Exactly, and it it loses momentum when they cut to him, it slows down, and maybe that was so that 
to give us time to catch our breath or something, but I just I didn't yeah. want to catch my breath though. Exactly. Was, exactly. I didn't want that. But uh damn and this is so this is all iPhone. Yeah. Shot what on the an iPhone. Fuck. Are you, are you, I know, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I love the just the camera movements and how it's just always kind of like soaring around and just it's always moving. Mm-hmm. The way that it would just kind of swivel out of nowhere and follow and glide up beside them and oh man, and then just the the music paired with it. Wow, yep. I was not ready for that. I I was not expecting it to be that entertaining and yeah. fun. And it's it's really funny too. Like the dial, it, yes. it, it's genuinely funny. It's a really funny movie. And the performances are great. Yeah, I can definitely see why those two were. They definitely deserve their nominations. Yeah, because I thought they were fantastic. And yep. uh, just yeah, Kyle loved it. <laughs> I don't know what else much to say out of except for it. it's just the only the only other thing that I thought was interesting is. Um, Anytime someone talks about like Los Angeles and stuff, this is how I always imagine. The same here. Los Angeles. Like yeah. I don't think Los Angeles, like in my mind, I don't see it as like a glitzy place that's awesome. I just see it as like a rundown yeah. portion of America, just like all the other places that I've been to. Because I've kind of noticed that over the years that everywhere I go, it kind of looks the same. Mm-hmm. And it's just different shades of depression. And it was kind of refreshing to see so much energy in life, but in such a like such an a accurate <laughs> like an accurate portrayal, or at least the accurate portrayal that I've built up in my mind. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's the Los Angeles that I always think of. Yeah, like the falling down Los Angeles. That's it's, yeah, it's a similar look. But I've never been to Los Angeles, so I don't know why that's what I have built up in my mind. Yeah. But still, it's enough for me to be like, "Yep, yeah, that's legit." <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck am I? I've never been there. But I'm still like, yep, this is the legit Los Angeles. This is the real Los Angeles. Good work. <laughs> really captured it. Oh boy. Yeah, Tangerine. If you guys have not seen this one yet, please check it out. It is Do so. Do it is so. definitely on my top ten. I just I had such a good time with it I, and again i honestly it could have just been non-stop just the camera movements they have the music that and it could just been them walking up and down streets yeah. the entire day just briskly walking just chit-chatting that's it yeah like you don't even need a plot here yeah it's it's that much fun definitely uh i saw one that's not not so much fun and not really high energy either and that's it's called dementia that this sounds is, like the exact opposite. Yeah, I know. That's fun. So this is about the stars Gene Jones as this war vet who he has a stroke, and he, after the stroke, the doctors say that he's exhibiting signs of dementia that was caused from the stroke. So his son and his granddaughter end up hiring a live-in nurse to take care of him while he recovers from the stroke, and. <clears throat> she turns out to be kind of crazy and she is she seems to have ulterior motives and it comes to light later on what's what's happening with her and her connection and who she is and all of this stuff. Um you know, I did I didn't mind this movie. First of all, it looked quite good. It's directed by Mike Teston. He is I believe uh I think this is his debut. 
I think this is his feature debut. He's a cinematographer, and he did that awful contracted movie that I absolutely <laughs> hated. But uh, I, I mentioned in my original review for that movie that I liked the visuals yeah. a lot. And I, I like the visuals in this one, too. It's, um, it's pretty good. Not, not amazing, but... Did you, did you know that there's a, there's a sequel to Contracted? Yes, I did, actually. Did you check that out yet? No, I didn't see it. I didn't watch it. It's a different director. I think, if I remember correctly, I like the director of the sequel more. In fact, I think I, I think that I uh, have had conversations with that that guy on Twitter, or maybe even via email. Actually, I think I've talked to him via email. Anyway, um, so it's it plays out. It's not really a horror movie. It it plays out more of like kind of a, I guess, a thriller of sorts, where you know he's telling people. But that this nurse is up to no good and, and she's trying to kill him and she keeps drugging him and, and kind of messing with him. But nobody's believing him because they think dementia. he has dementia. Yep. And so it's kind of a, an interesting premise. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, was that one that you just saw recently that Deborah Logan? Oh, yeah. The ta- yeah. The taking of Deborah Logan. The taking of Deborah Logan, the found footage one where, you know, she has Alzheimer's and. You, you never really knew what was going on there. It's uh, similar, similar to, to use that this is horrible, you know, disease is uh, a way to, to spark suspense and, and horror. But, uh, you know, it deals with two things that or it deals with um, my my grandmother has dementia. So it's something that I'm familiar with. And, you know, Gene Jones does a great job of kind of portraying someone that that has just been afflicted with it. And, you know, it also deals with another kind of hot button issue, at least to me, which is elder abuse. And that's something that I feel like ne- is, has never really been explored too much in movies, but it's like a really big problem. Yeah, we're in real life. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that, yeah. yeah honestly, people, the people should be looking into those places a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, you and I have experience with those nursing homes and assisted living places. And so elder abuse is something that, that is on my mind um, or on my radar. So it's, you know, kind of does tackle some interesting topics. Um, but you know, the movie itself is, it's just, it's not great. It comes out this Friday. So you could check it out. I think it's going to hit VOD and limited release. Um, you know, it's, it's not horrible. I didn't write up a review yet. I will be, I'm probably, gonna give it you know somewhere along the lines of a five and a half or a six. Oh shit spoiler yeah yeah there's a little spoiler for that you spoiled your review and the last one that i wanted to mention is called the russian woodpecker this is a documentary no that, I'm, uh, I'm i'm interested in this one so i'm okay. all ears right now so it's basically about this ukrainian artist who gets it in his head that he wants to find out what happened at Chernobyl. He he is determined to figure out who's responsible and what exactly took place. And this guy's quite a character. He is quite a character. He was four years old when Chernobyl occurred, and when it happened, they didn't tell people quick enough. So a lot of people in the surrounding areas got radiation poisoning, and he's one of them. He was, he was four, and he... Um, when they they did tests on him, they he has uh, strontium in his bones. So he's been he has kind of uh, 
periodic health issues and stuff, but he's just a really weird dude. He's kind of funny, but he's also slightly paranoid and he's kind of slightly a conspiracy theorist. And that's where the film, I think, might lose some people is that it does get dangerously close to kind of conspiracy theory territory. But the thing is, what they uncover seems legit. Like, it seems like this might be actually how it happened. And as a result, for me at least, it was a really kind of gripping story. Like, they use hidden cameras. They they end up meeting with kind of uh, top military people that were in the area at the time. And it all kind of links together with this giant antenna thing that the russians built that was uh, right next to chernobyl that was supposed to be sort of like a missile defense um apparatus where if we launched missiles at them they would have like half an hour to launch missiles back uh, because this giant antenna gives off radio waves that you can you could actually listen to on the radio here in the states and but the thing didn't work, and the the theory is that they d- deliberately uh, caused the Chernobyl meltdown in order to kind of cover up this uh, this giant fuck up on um, with this antenna thing. It's more complex than that. That that's just like the basic Cliff Notes version. Uh, if you're if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, I would highly recommend checking out this documentary. It's extremely well made. It's it's a really good looking documentary, and um, again, the the guy, the the artist guy, is just uh, I don't know. I just found him to be a really interesting character. He's just really weird. He's got these giant wide eyes, and he's just he looks kind of crazy, but he's I don't know. He's just an interesting character. And I didn't know a lot about Chernobyl, and so for me this was, but it, it's it is a topic that is really interesting to me. So for me this was uh, a a really entertaining watch because I I did want to know more about the disaster yeah. and everything. And holy crap, like it's just crazy. Like when you think about what happened, it's crazy. I mean, to this day, that city is empty because it's still radioactive. And yeah. uh, one cool thing is they do go to Chernobyl and like kind of explore and they do a lot of the, they shoot a lot of the documentary from within Chernobyl. So like, you know, the, 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 the settings that they are in is, are crazy. Like old abandoned schools that still have like the books and desks and toys and things. So a lot of it is, is, you know, it's got that urban decay that I yeah. love so much. So yeah, check it out, Russian Woodpecker. Uh, that's this was actually nominated for best documentary at the Independent Spirit Awards this year. So nice. All right, uh, I think that'll do it for the watch list. Let's talk about some predictions. Last week, the Good Dinosaur. You said eighty-two. I said eighty-four. Actual seventy-seven. Mm. Wow, a Pixar movie that's not being universally praised. It'll, it'll probably probably still be nominated for. An Oscar, and though. And win. And win, yeah. Victor Frankenstein, you said 70, I said 68, actual 23. <laughs> uh, that's... Uh, Sorry yes. for laughing, Victor Frankenstein. Yes, it is unfortunate, but we were, we were way off on the on those scores, too. Yeah, that was... 
That was bad. I don't know why I thought that that was going to be good. I don't either. I think it was the hair. The sexy Igor. <laughs> I thought that was a fresh update that would really capture people's attention. <laughs> Apparently not. Oh, boy. And Creed, you said 78, I said 72. Actual 93. I want to I see Creed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see it probably this week because everybody's saying it's amazing. So Everyone's losing their shit about Creed. Yeah. Next week, we have Macbeth. What are you thinking about this one? Michael Fassbender? Oh, I can't wait for this. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to say 82. 82? Okay. I will say... I'll say 84. On that one. We also have the Krampus. I gotta have that Krampus. I don't know if it's the Krampus or just Krampus. It's just Krampus. Okay. I don't know if Krampus... Uh, I'll say, I don't know. This one could be fun. I think it's PG-13, but... No, fuck that, then. I think it could be fun. There's some funny people in it, like Adam Scott and, uh... Uh, what's his name? Damn it. Nope. David Keckner. Okay. He's in it. Eh. I will say 56. I'd say 52. And finally, we have Chirac. Spike Lee. I feel like this came out of nowhere. Like there was, yeah, there was a trailer, did. and then all of a sudden it's being released. Yes, which thank you, whoever decided to make that happen. They they're doing. I, I want to see this movie so bad. I know. I I can't it wait. It looks so great. I know. It looks amazing. It really does. Like I've watched the trailer several times now, and every time I'm just like, I cannot wait to see this movie. It I, looks. This might be a year in which Spike Lee. Two Spike Lee movies end up in my in my top twenty. Oh, that'd be crazy! It could happen. This is the year. <laughs> You're just excited to see Chris Brown as a or not Chris Brown. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. I was gonna say a joke, but I ruined it. So, no, you'll get it next time, buddy. Yeah. When we when we when we cover it, I think enough time will have passed that you can try it then. Yeah, I think so. It's- I'm definitely seeing Macbeth next weekend, and I'm sure as hell going to try my best to see Chirac next weekend as well. So I think that, that should be our two. Yeah, that should be a double bill. <laughs> you know, you want to add uh, Krampus in there? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to find the time, you know, to to get to see uh, Krampus. But uh, is is Chirac playing near you? I don't know, but it's an Amazon Studios movie, so. I'm just oh, so, kind of so, holding out, hoping that it's oh, oh, hoping it'll be on Amazon. It might be. I don't know. I know it's coming to Baltimore, but I was just in Maryland, so I can't yeah. really go back down again. But maybe I will. I don't know. Hmm. All right, what are you thinking on Chirac? Chirac, I'm giving that 94. Whoa, I'm high f- hopes. Feeling it. I'm feeling it. Uh, I'm not as confident as you, but I'll say 76. Okay. We also have in limited release a very Murray Christmas, uh, which I I'm pretty excited about. That's going to be on Netflix too, so can oh that's cool. See it on Netflix. That's uh, isn't that like him doing like a variety type. Well, thing? no, it's supposed to be. It's like it's like supposed to be him doing a variety show, but none of it goes right, and it's with him and uh, like there's a lot of people, and it's directed by Sofia Coppola. I think oh, it's yeah, good. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I finally saw the trailer for it last week, and I think it looks pretty funny. I think it's going to be good. Uh, we also have Youth. Uh, 
actually, I don't. What's youth? I can't remember. Oh, that's the one with uh, that's the Paulo Sorrento, Sorrento right? one with uh, Michael Caine, I think. Sorrentino. Sorrentino, yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I'll check that out just because Great Beauty, right? Scott did Great Beauty. Correct. I'm sorry, I didn't know that I was supposed to. I was just I wanted to make sure that I didn't sound like an idiot and like be like, Who's the guy that did great beauty? And I'm like, No, it's not, you fucking idiot. Like I was pretty sure, but I wanted to Yeah. Is is that really something that we should be worrying about right now? Probably not. At this point in time. I mean, I think we've we've stockpiled so much evidence <laughs> to being fucking idiots that yeah. I think we can just you know, just throw caution to the wind. Yeah, I think so. Just go full force. Uh, we also have Orion, the man who would be king, and dementia. Next week on VOD, we have Where Children Play, Everything Will Be Fine, Orion, the man who would be king. That's a documentary about, I guess, after Elvis died, there was this other masked singer that sounded a lot like Elvis and kind of looked like him, and everybody thought that it was Elvis. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Not sure about that one. Dementia and Cold Deck. I think Cold Deck might be out in some capacity right now. Cold Deck. Yeah. Is that people trapped on a deck? <laughs> well, if it is, I'll be seeing it. <laughs> oh, no, they mean deck like cards. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Cards on there. It's, yeah. We got, who's who's that? Paul Servino? Looks like it's got some Paul Servino action. Yeah, I'll probably be skipping that one. Next week on Blu-ray, we have, let's see, Cooties. We have a re-release of Reservoir Dogs. Oh, another re-release. I don't understand why you'd need that, because they came out with that amazing box set, that Tarantino box set that I have. This one has new audio audio commentary, probably, by the second grip. (laughs) The gaffer. Like, oh, good uh, night, mommy. I definitely recommend checking that one out. Amy uh, looks like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is getting a new Blu-ray release. Ooh. Why wouldn't it? Mistress America, Mississippi Grind. Finally, I get to see Mistress America. Great. Yeah, that one. I missed that one. That <clears> one just been for a while on that one too. I just kind of came and came and went. I, I did fully intend on seeing it, but it's just there's too much. Uh, Yakuza Apocalypse, uh, Zoo. Oh no, it's, that's the show Zoo. Uh, Tokyo Tribe. Okay. I, I think that Yakuza Apocalypse and Tokyo Tribe are so similar to one another. Like they came out around the same time. They're, they they just they keep being paired with each other. Yeah, it's just they're they're just. They, do you think are they doing it on purpose? I don't know. Is it just like some coincidence where they just keep showing up at the same time? Like, God damn it, you again? I don't, I don't know. I like Tokyo Tribe more, though. I can say that. So if, you, if you're choosing between the two. It's weird because I like Tokyo Tribe. Well, I don't know. I'm back and forth with those movies. One day it's Tokyo Tribe. The other day it's Yakuza Apocalypse. I mean, they're both worth seeing. I'll, I'll just, say I, that. I mean, a guy in a frog costume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how you pass that up. Like, if I were to tell you that there's a martial arts frog, yeah, and he's in a fighting, movie, yeah, he and he's fighting, the, yeah, and does a really great job of it. I don't understand how you can be like, nah, I don't really want to see that. Yeah, 
I mean, that's what cinema was made for, okay? I wholeheartedly agree. We also have Momentum, which is an action movie that I did not finish watching because I didn't like it. Lost in the Sun, and that's pretty much it. Okay. What do we have on the Criterion front? We have one Criterion. It's from 1969, and that is Downhill Racer. Debut feature from Michael Ritchie, starring Gene Hackman and a young Robert Redford, one of his earliest starting roles. It's about skiing. Yeah, it's about downhill skiing. Downhill skiing, which is immediately interesting to me. There's not that many movies about skiing. No, there's not. There really isn't. Which... I wonder why. I wonder if it's just difficult logistically to try and film skiing. Could be. I mean, I'm sure that's a factor. And I, I gotta imagine that it's dangerous as shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, I love that carefree attitude of the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. If somebody died on set, that just... Did he get the shot? Good. <laughs> Got it. Great. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter, at FilmPulseNet, and at FilmPulseKevin. And please take a minute to take a look at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash FilmPulse and consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Uh-huh.